NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watch the youth them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EVT is out here podcasting, question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them, question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them, Padres EVT Podcast. Padres EVT Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me as usual is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? Uh, just trying to wake up, James. Another early morning for us here. Yeah, we had a little early morning wake up here, um, but we're happy and uh, pleased to uh, present uh, Mark Grant with us this morning on episode 38. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot to discuss. Uh, Mainly, the uh, Nelson Lamette start last night, which was, uh, um, I don't want to say surprising, but it's uh, pleasant for sure. Yeah, it was it was good to see him do well. I know I was a little skeptical about uh, what kind of pitcher he could be day one, but I think he showed the kind of pitcher he can be. Um, there, there's still some things to work on, but definitely, a, definitely a strong debut for the kid. Yeah, no, I mean, 91 pitches, uh, it took him five innings to get through 91. Uh, you know, the, we, we talked about the walk uh, issues with him, uh, the control issues. He only walked two yesterday. Um, striking out eight, I mean, featuring a 98-mile-per-hour fastball, which is uh, pretty impressive. So um, it'll be interesting to hear Mudd's uh, opinion on on, uh, on seeing him firsthand. And, you know, it it's exciting to see a, a pitcher like that progress and make it to the to the Padres uh major league team you know it's 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 only a, a sign of things that are turning in a positive way for the Padres and you know it's a good thing yeah it's good to see him do well I mean his, his biggest issue is obviously the walk rate um getting being able to get left-handed hitters out um working on that change up and his change up looked really good last night um he threw uh 16 percent change ups according to fan graphs um and yeah they, they looked good he, he was getting Conforto out which Conforto is probably one of the hottest hitters in baseball, and obviously he's left-handed, so Lamette kind of proved himself there and that he can get left-handers out uh, using that yeah. change-up. And the slider looked nasty as well. Um, when he's throwing 95, 96, up to 98, um, that's going to get the job done if he can if he can maintain his command of those pitches. Um, I think he could be a pretty good pitcher here. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting to see, and, and uh, we'll see what happens when uh, Jared Weaver and uh, Trevor Cahill are able to return, and, and where exactly uh, Lament will fit in in, in, in the rotation. It's a um, it's it's a good thing. Yeah, another uh, interesting aspect of last night's game was the fact that Brad Hand came on for the uh, final three outs, um, kind of reversed roles with Brandon Maurer for a little bit. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, real quick, Patrick. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is a building trade value sort of thing because I know for as much as some of us don't like that that, that saves kind of our better business in, in terms of a trade in terms of trade value um, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's more that, that Han is just pitching better than Maurer and I think they think he can handle that role so he's, he's going to be in that role here and there I don't think it's a set thing though I think it's going to bounce back and forth um, the way Andy Green made it sound was that he's going to go with matchups basically so if Hand makes sense in a lefty-lefty matchup in the seventh or eighth, he's going to go with him there, and and Maurer would end up being the closer, or vice versa. So, just so happens the last two nights that um, both guys ended up out there. Maurer for earlier, um, 
innings and then Hand for the ninth, obviously. So, yeah, Hand's had success in that role. He's got two saves in a row. I mean, did give up a run last night, but he got the job done. So we'll have to see yeah. how it plays out going forward. But I think it's more of, it's going to be more of a switching thing, and, and whoever's uh, got the hot hand is going uh, to be in that role. And I think Brandon Maurer needs a little bit of confidence. He's had a, a bit of a struggle. Um, still looks good by the peripheral numbers. His FIP is still – I'm not sure if it's still lowest on the team, but it, it was lowest as of yesterday. So he's still got the stuff, and um, I think he can still be a closer. But – I think it's more about building Brad Hand's trade value right now, and as a possible closer, he that opens up um, his value at least a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Some interesting things to, to keep an eye on as uh, the 2017 season progresses. So um, stay tuned, folks. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, Mark Grant. Welcome back, folks, to uh, episode 38 uh, with Mark Grant. Uh, we're very excited to talk to him. Uh, Denilson Lament, as we mentioned, had a great start last night. Um, it'd be uh, it'd be great to get some inside information on on uh, on what his uh, you know what he looked like uh, firsthand. Um, Mark, what's going on? Are you uh, are you uh, wide awake uh, out there in the East Coast? <laughs> hey, James. Hey, Patrick. Yeah, you know what? Um, part of this part of the deal. And, and once again, I'm not complaining because. This is what I signed up for. Um, you know, part of the part of the gig is traveling, and part of the gig is getting in very very late, or I should say, getting in very very early in the morning. So uh, we're uh, we're in D.C. Uh, all is well. Everybody is here safely and ready to take on the Nationals. So, um, like I said, you know, it's like you know when you were playing, you, if you're tired in some way, shape, or form, and you eventually get out to the ballpark, you know, the adrenaline starts pumping and you have a tendency to forget about uh, what happened the night before as far as travel is concerned. But it's all good here and uh, looking to uh, take on the Nationals. And Lamette was great last night, wasn't he? Oh, my God, yeah. That first uh, bat kind of set the tone for the game. I mean, he just blew Conforto away with the 98-mile-per-hour fastball. Uh, a lot of Padre fans are definitely excited for his future. Um, did you have a chance to speak to him before or after the game? You know what? I haven't. Uh tried to okay. stay away from before the game and after the game. You know, it was a getaway day, and everybody's kind of scrambling to get out of New York. So um, I'm sure I'll have a chance to talk with him today. Uh, I talked a little bit with Darren Ballsy. He was very pleased with what he saw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, guys, the one thing that stuck out, and I said it on the telecast last night, was that you know, when his body language is his poise on the mound. Uh, it, it really goes a long way, and it really tells a lot about a pitcher. I mean, here's a kid who... Uh, 24 years old, he's uh, making his major league debut and in New York City, uh, you know, yeah. and he goes against a team that, uh, you know, they, they can, they can uh, you know, do some damage with some of those hitters, and especially Michael Conforto, who is tearing it up for the series, and he just goes right after him, one, two, three, and, yeah. you know, he kind of sets the tone. So, you know, he, he wasn't scared off. He was a pitcher out there who – made an adjustment after he made a mistake. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad he went to five innings, and I'm really, really glad the bullpen hung on. And, uh, you know, it got interesting there a little bit at the end, but uh, to preserve the victory. So uh, that's, great. that's great news for the kid. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of the bullpen, we had another uh, Handmauer flip-flop um, in the end of the uh, end of the bullpen. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Brandon, uh, Brandon Mauer hasn't exactly had the best of luck. Uh, as far as his uh, analytic numbers, if you, could, mm-hmm. if you uh, factor those in, uh, are they trying to build up Brand Hand's trade value? Uh, you know, give us some thoughts on on the current uh, current situation uh, with the relief corps. 
Yeah, uh, there's a lot going on there. And Andy Green made it clear the other day that uh, he said, you know, Brandon Myers is going to close some games for us, um, given the situation. Depends on who's being used in certain ways, in certain matchups, and certain teams. Uh, he's proven before he can close. You know, I think every closer, and you guys being baseball fans as well, you know, you watch games and you see closers, and very, very rarely over the course of, you know, depending on if, uh, you know, your team's in the ninth and it's a safe situation, whether you're going to use your closer or not, that opportunities, you know, sometimes slip by the wayside. And, you know, guys to be perfect all year long is is uh, very, very uncommon. You know, you're going to have, uh, you know, a blown save here or there. So, you know, there was a bump in the road for Brandon Maurer. Uh, it's all about making adjustments and getting back to that role. But, you know, when you have a an arm, and I'm talking body parts here, when you have an arm like hand, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you, you got to use your head, right? No. Yeah. Um, it's, and, and, you know, Andy Green is thinking about winning ball games. So with the numbers that Brad Hand has put up, what he has done against every part of every lineup that they faced up to this point in the year, you know, and it's a safe situation. Why not try to give him an opportunity? Now, that doesn't mean that Brandon Maher is not going to close uh, in the future. I, I think it's a nice thing to have a tandem like that, given the situation, uh, part of the lineup that's coming up. Now, you made another point about trades. Well, you know, it, it, it's going to get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Uh, relief pitching is something that's very, very important for teams to carry on in September and to win pennants and, and championships. So, Hey, and, you know, we've seen it before. Uh, there are a number of teams out there could, that could use uh, a great arm like Brad Hand to, you know, especially being left-handed and uh, help their cause to, to win a division and then go on deep into the playoffs. So, hey, wh- whether he remains a Padre, who knows? Uh, don't know anything about that. But uh, there are definitely, you know, there are th- names thrown out there for every team, um, uh, relievers, starters, to, to try to help other teams. Um uh, that want to go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's nice that the Potters have uh, a guy like Brad to, to give a hand when, when Maurer is struggling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, so man. I, I kind of want to <laughs> bounce back to the uh, starting rotation. Um, I wonder your thoughts on uh, Jared Weaver, and, and if, if Lamette keeps pitching like this, do you think Weaver gets that spot back uh, when he's healthy? You know what? That's a good question, and I'm sure – I'm not sure. I know Andy Green – uh, Darren Balsley, the coaching staff, you know, they sit down each and every night uh, before after games and talk about, you know, potentials uh, in the starting rotation uh, the next week, the next two weeks. In fact, I'm sure they have they have the rotation planned out, you know, with a uh, with a, with a couple of question marks, um, you know, maybe a day or two out and uh, depending on off days and all that stuff. So with that said, um, my first of all, my thoughts on Darren Weaver, uh, the guy's a pro. And I remember after that outing and after he faced the press, um, I talked about him on one of our telecasts. And, you know, I've always been a Jared Weaver fan. And when I heard that and the way he approached it, you know, his stock to be just went up. Um, there are many guys who duck the press. They, uh, they duck away in another room. They wait till they leave and they go about their business. And, and not Jared Weaver. He... He answered questions. He talked, and uh, you know you can tell that he felt bad because he didn't, you know, hasn't been holding up his end of the bargain. So, uh, with that said, um, you know he's going about his business like a pro. Um, hopefully, if he gets another chance, he uh, he responds because I'm a big fan of his. And who knows what's going to happen with uh, with um, uh, Denelson? So, 
that remains to be seen with uh, pitching coach Darren Balsley and um, and Andy Green. But uh, you know, Nelson uh, has has um, earned a right to obviously get another start. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. Yeah, I think I think for as bad as Weaver's been, he's really he's really shown what kind of person he is. I mean, he's just a, a great yeah. guy, great clubhouse guy, and you kind of feel for him. I mean, he got booed off the mound, and I know fans have that prerogative to boo if they want to boo. They paid they paid money for those seats, but it just it just sucks to see the guy a, a career that was so good ending possibly ending like that. Um, but I kind of wanted to get away from Weaver a bit, uh, lay off the guy a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about Trevor Cahill. Uh, he's been shut down for, what, 10 to 14 days with that shoulder inflammation. Um, I want to know if you've heard anything about that, if, how serious it is, if, if we should be concerned as uh, Padre fans. I haven't heard anything as far as seriousness is concerned. Uh, the one thing that is evident, though, is how important he is in the rotation because he was pretty much our best pitcher when he was out there healthy. Um, you know, the, and the reason why I, I don't think it's that hel- that uh, that big of a deal is because you know, when he was – when he was throwing, he, it looked like he was still having some decent stuff, and um, he uh, he was still having pretty good movement on his pitches. And uh, it was after the fact, after the outing, to when uh, then that all came about. But when he is healthy, my gosh, um, you know his breaking stuff. Uh, he was making good pitches. Uh, if they put the ball in play, they weren't hitting the ball that hard. And um, you know, for any rotation, you need you know you need healthy guys who. Uh, upon the strike zone, and he he was one of those guys that was evident that he was attacking hitters. And, uh, you know, when you heard about Trevor Cahill in the past, you know, we saw him when he was with other teams here and there, you know, sparingly. But when, when I got the chance to see him once every five days, I was like, whoa, this guy's got a pretty good idea. And he wants to be a starter. He, you know, with the Cubs, you know, he was just a guy with the Cubs, and that's no knock on Trevor Cahill because mm-hmm. – um, the kid knows how to pitch, but you know, with, with the with the talent they had to win the World Series last year, he was just an odd man out and really didn't pitch all that much. So, uh, hopefully, he gets healthy because he's fun to watch. Yeah, no, he's definitely fun to watch. Um, it's always it's always sad seeing a player go down with injury. I mean, you definitely want to to root for him and hope the best for him and and Weaver for that matter. Uh, let's jump into the offense a little bit right now. You've got to be. I mean, you've been with the Padres for a long time. You've got to be excited with what you see in, in Manny Margot and uh, Hunter Renfro and the future of the Padres outfield. Yeah, you know that's a great point. It's a good tandem, especially in the outfield, center field and right field. And um, you know, starting with Margot, uh, the, you know he's made such great strides in the leadoff position. And we're talking leadoff position, not in Triple A, not in Double. I mean, at the big league level, to where. You're hitting against the best, the top five of every organization in the rotation, and it's not like you know he's, uh, you know, it's not like his on-base percentage is 400 or 450, you know, but still he's got a pretty good idea up there what he's doing, um, using the whole field, uh, working the count. You know, he's going to strike out once in a while, but still, you know, give the kid a break because he's, um, he's basically getting thrown in there to uh, to, to lead off at the big league level, so. Um, uh, he's coachable. Uh, he's he's playing defense very very well. I've been impressed uh, with the way he covers ground out there. And, and then Grant, he's getting a lot of help from the coaches, uh, which which I, I feel you know I'm around this coaching staff each and every day. So uh, they they work tirelessly to try to get these kids prepared. And uh, Manny Margot is one of those guys. And, and Hunter Renfro, I, I think he's just going to get better. Um, everybody makes little mistakes every now and then. Even veterans make mistakes, and it's a learning process. So, um, 
if he learns to stay off the bad pitches like we've seen recently, the walks are going to go up. He's aggressive in the zone, and he can just pound the baseball to right center field. I made that point um, also on, on our telecast, boy, if he, you know, if they're going to pitch him away, if he can drive the ball that way, he's just going to strike more fear into the opposing pitchers and opposing teams, and I think you're going to see the numbers rise. So, hey, you know, two, two, uh, two youngsters learning at the big league level that, uh, you know, are, are, you know, really not embarrassing themselves. They're actually uh, doing pretty well. Yeah, no, they're definitely doing well. And, and I mean, you alluded to Renfro and his uh, walk rate climbing. That's that's an exciting thing, seeing him make that um, make those changes. I mean, the games are all about changing and, 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 you know, adjusting to the pitchers. And it was it was beautiful to see him over the past two weeks to kind of lay off the, the breaking stuff in the dirt and kind of wait for his pitch and, and you know, just hammer it because he does have the ability to drive the ball to all fields. And it's 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 fun seeing the Padres yeah. system finally, you know, produce some fruit, if you will. And, you know, it's it's nothing but upside, and, and it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, to just elaborate on that, everybody wants instant success. You know, I'm, I'm a guy who, you know, when you see somebody come up, you want to have them do well. But still, remember, the, the learning curve at this level, I mean, you know, how many guys actually come up here, you know, if they do go – off the first week or two that they're here well the other side's got to make an adjustment the opposing mm-hmm. teams make adjustments and then you know they kind of come down back, uh, back to earth a little bit so it's gonna you know there's gonna be ups and downs it's just a matter of maintaining and, and making those adjustments to, to to maintain consistent numbers so uh hopefully that happens to both those guys yeah, no, we're definitely seeing a little bit of consistency from both of them, and that's a good thing. Uh, let's talk about Andy Green now. You know, this is a young ball club. They're making a lot of mistakes, a lot of, you know, dumb mistakes, if you will. How is he handling it, or how do you feel he's handling it? And do you, I mean, I, I believe he's the perfect man for this job, but yeah, I, I don't want to put, put words in your in your mouth. But, you know, talk to me about Andy Green and how you think he's doing so far. Well, I think you hit it on the head. I think Andy is the, the perfect guy for this job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy's great. Um, I, you know, I, I go in his office and we talk about anything and everything. And um, the one thing that I see and hear every single day is when it is an everyday job like baseball, you, you, it's a performance based job to where you got to go and you got to perform. But when you look at the kids that they have on the team, they've got some guys who've been around a little bit too. But as a whole, he wants to put in the minds of his players that when we come to the ballpark, we want to put ourselves in a position to where we're going to compete. Now, you know, after all said and done, when you look at the standings at this point in the season, you know, things aren't the way people like or the way people want. But still, that doesn't mean that you can't come to the ballpark and have that positive attitude. That doesn't mean that you can't come and work on the tee. That doesn't mean you can't come and work on your bullpen. And be prepared to when the game starts, you are positioning yourself to be in every possible position to succeed and know what you're going to do when you get the baseballs. So that's the one thing that sticks out. See, there's no there's no compromise for that. I don't care if you're 15th in hitting. I don't care if you're first in hitting in the league. If you've got the best starting rotation or the worst starting rotation or anywhere in between, there's no there's no excuse to why you can't hustle. There's no excuse why you can't be prepared and um, imagine every possible position you're going to be in. And when you're in that position, execute a plan and, um, and take it from there. So I think that's the one thing, the one constant and the one great thing about Andy green that uh, makes him the perfect manager for this club. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more about uh, Andy Green being the perfect manager for the club. I know he's gotten some flack from some Padre fans for, for some questionable decisions, but I think we got to remember that just as with all the players that we have now, these young guys, he's, he's learning on the job as well. So I think he's going to yeah, come with Yeah, and you know what? Uh, yeah, just to elaborate on that, you know, it, he um, he doesn't leave, and I hate to use puns, or you know, but he doesn't leave any stone unturned. I mean, you know, I, I try to think of questions to – to where you know I can ask Andy because I, I want to learn too. I want to learn what he's all about and what he's thinking. And when I go in his office and I ask him a certain question, it's like you know he he gives me an answer and I'm like wow you know that uh, that really makes sense and um, it, it's just kind of refreshing because for me personally, you know I want to learn you know I'm still learning on the job as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because baseball, like any sport, when you have coaches and managers, different personalities and different ways of thinking, you know, uh, it takes some time to get to know the manager and what and what he's all about. So, but every time I go in there and ask Andy about a certain situation, it kind of goes, oh wow, you know, that, that kind of makes sense, and um, it's uh, it's it's kind of refreshing to to go in and learn what Andy Green's all about. Yeah, he's definitely a really, really intelligent uh, baseball mind. I've been impressed uh, with the work he's done with this young team uh, so far. Um, I want to talk about one guy that I think Andy Green's been rather impressed with uh, as of late, and that's Alan Cordoba. Uh, I wanted your thoughts on the kid and how you think he's progressing as a uh, major league ball player. Well, once again, um, you know, for a kid who played in A ball recently and then now being thrown in there, in uh, you know when the season started, you know you kind of get him in there to get his feet wet, and then uh, with the way he's swinging the bat and the way he's playing. The, the the beauty of Alan Cordoba is this, I think. You know, being a, a shortstop, a shortstop being his his main position, I've always felt, and I know you guys know this as well, a shortstop is usually your best athlete. I mean, when you know, you look in little league, pony league, high school, and all the way up in amateur baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, even you know, and then you get into pro ball, it gets a little different because everybody, you know, a lot of the guys, the majority of the guys are, are great athletes, but. Generally speaking, your shortstop is, you know, your best athlete. So that means that you can pretty, pretty much anywhere. And my point is, you know, if he's not playing shortstop, he can play the outfield and uh, really not, you know, embarrass himself. So, and, and he can make adjustments. So, you know, when you see him in left field, um, like last night, he made a great play to where, you know, he cut that ball off from going down to the corner and the relay started and then they threw out the runner at the plate, Matt Reynolds. And it's little stuff like that that, uh, you know, he's learning as well. So I'm impressed with him defensively. I'm impressed with him at the plate. Um, you know, he's going to take his lumps too. It's going to be uh, peaks and valleys. But overall, I think the kid's personality, the kid's an athlete, and uh, he's a real go-getter. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's done quite well, and he's he's been fun to watch as well. Yeah, I mean, he's arguably been the second best hitter on the team outside of Will Myers, so... It's really hard to expect that from a guy who never played above rookie ball, but, I mean, he's showing that he's more than capable of coming up to the challenge, so it's good to see. Uh, James, yeah, you want to jump in here? Um, well, like I said, oh, he, um, <laughs> yeah, no, he, um, you know, once again, given to where he played uh, last year and the years past, and then to being thrown on the big stage, you know, there's there are things, you know, scouts can see kids playing and, you know, what they can do on the field with the glove, with the bat. But, you know, you get to know a kid more when you get to know him in, you know, in the clubhouse, and that's what the coach is, and you get to know him a little bit better. Uh, what he has, you know, what kind of heart he has and what kind of mind he has, baseball um, baseball IQ and, and all that stuff comes into play. So I think we're, 
we're seeing possibly a young player here who is, has a chance to stick and pay dividends for the Padres for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, James, I wanted your thoughts on Cordoba and how you think he's uh, progressed so far. No, I mean, it's it's just been amazing. I mean, like you guys both said, I mean, he, he should be in A-ball right now. And, and to see him progress, I'm, the play discipline on him is what's impressive. And I saw that from the very beginning. I mean, 2-0, 2-1, he's on pitches. He's ready. He knows what he wants to hit, and he's uh, he's got the right approach. And, and he, the success is there. I mean, it, it is what it is. And it, it's fun to see a young player like him progress. And, and you got to tip your hat to, uh, to A.J. Preller and finding him for that matter. Yeah, it's one of those finding like a, a needle in a haystack sort of thing. Uh, the Rule 5 draft, uh, a lot of hit and miss there. But uh, I think they've hit with uh, both Perdomo last year and, and maybe Cordoba and even Diaz to an extent this year. Um, kind, of, kind of going off of that, I wanted your thoughts on uh, Miguel Diaz and uh, how you think he's done in his role. Well, you know, he was in. He went through a spurt there to where giving up a lot of hits, a lot of runs, and and uh, getting in situations. You know, Andy Green was putting him in situations where they're kind of low leverage uh, situations. It, it was a progression to where it, it's going to be a progression for Miguel Diaz to to be put in um, in high leverage situations. And uh, but when you look at Miguel Diaz, and, and we see a lot of guys like this to have live arms and uh but the, the one thing that sticks out for me when i see miguel diaz with his delivery you know the ball just jumps out of his hand and he is truly blessed with a good arm um and it's going to take some time you know because I, I i could speak from personal experience you know when i was young and i threw hard i wouldn't throw the ball through you know a brick wall and just try to strike everybody out you know who uh when, when you're throwing above 95 and you uh, you can throw the ball by hitters. Every you know you want strikeouts. You know strikeouts are sexy. And but you know if you could, you know you don't have to throw you know all out every single pitch. And I think when Diaz learns to do that, learn how to pitch, hit his spots, you know he'll he'll be able to throw quality strikes, and he'll be able to get quality results early in the count to where he can. And I'm not saying he's going to be um, a pitcher that's going to. Uh, not strike hitters out. You know he'll get his strikeouts, but if he hits his spots, you know he'll get his strikeouts. But yet he'll get early outs to enabling him to possibly go deeper in the game. And you know there was some talk there about how possible Miguel Diaz could be a starter down the road. So if you know, like I said, you know you're going to have to have good control, make good quality pitches to go deep into a ball game. So uh, we're seeing a, a work in progress with Miguel Diaz as well. For sure, it's another another young pitcher another young player who's who's progressing this year and it's it's a it's a good thing you know it's uh it's going to be a, a rough season uh you know a lot of a lot of people just know have the writings on the wall it, it is going to be a rough season um but you know we got to look at look for these positive yeah. things and and uh, and build upon those you know what it's um you're right uh it's it's a challenge for a lot of the guys and they're, they're learning at the big league level and you know, we've seen history say that uh, other teams have gone through this. And, you know, there's no guarantee for, for the Padres. There's no guarantee for the Cubs. There's no guarantee for anybody. you got to go out. you got to execute. And, you know, A.J. Preller um, is doing the best to put together some good young talent to come up together to win in the minor leagues to then, you know, down the road pay dividends and win at the big league level as uh, collectively as a group. So, you know, uh, I'm in on what the Padres are trying to do and, you know, I'm just a baseball fan, guys. I mean, I, I want my yeah. Padres to win, no doubt about it. But it's it's also um, nice to see young players uh, who were in A-ball last year getting a dose of big league life and what it's like on the field. And 
in uh, you know showing a little success. And uh, I, I think yeah. that's part of the growing process, and it's it's fun to watch. Definitely, and you know the the youngsters are excited as well. I was in the the storm locker room last night. Uh, you know those guys they're they're excited. They see what's going on around them. They they realize the the influence of talent that's just you know everywhere, and they're excited. The the, the team's going to sure. progress. It's going to get better. And you, you know there's no guarantee of success for the team in in 2019 or 2020 or whatever people are predicting. But it's nice to see this team have some upside in some future and i mean you've been here for a while you've you've seen that the farm system's kind of just been there and there's never really been this excitement around the farm system and it's it's a good thing it really is yeah you know the Um, one thing that you make a good point uh, before um we we move on but you know that that is a good point about youngsters in the minor leagues looking up here at the big league level and seeing other youngsters getting a chance so that's 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 a um initiative for them to yeah. you know to want to possibly um you know get better and because they never know they might get the call next so that's a good point yeah definitely no i mean i was talking to eric lauer last night i mean he, you know he has the impression that if he keeps pitching the way he is he could probably get a september call up i mean he's got that mindset and that's the kind of mindset you want the pitcher to have you want you know just because you're in high a ball means doesn't mean that you're going to finish the season in high a ball you're always looking to progress you're always looking to get better and you're setting goals uh for yourself and the amount of uh pitching that they have around them i mean they're just feeding off each other and that you know that's a beautiful thing in the game of baseball no question about it okay let's let's talk about the feeling in the locker room um this year compared to last year compared to 2015 um andy green has slowly morphed the locker room into uh I don't want to say happy place, just I guess I will just from lack of words. But, you know, talk to me about the feeling in the locker room and how it's changed over the past two or three seasons. Well, this year it's very, very positive. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching staff. Um, going back a couple of years, it just seemed that, uh, you know, there are certain teams that put together certain players and trying to put together certain chemistries. And it just doesn't translate into victories. You know, talent is one thing, but when teams get along, I think that goes a long way. Uh, it was a mixture of different types of players a couple of years ago, and it just didn't come to fruition. And when, as time went on, um, the management and A.J. Preller, they wanted to go a different route. And yeah, I like the route they're going now with the abundance of young talent in the minor leagues to hopefully win there, get a good feeling, and then bring it to the big league level. So this year, you know, you've got some young players. You've got some players who have been around a little bit, and – it's almost as if um, you know everybody's pulling on the end of the same rope to uh, to be positive and um, you know realizing that they're at the big league level and uh, they could try to make a difference and get better each and every day and the overall feeling and it's because of Andy Green and the coaching staff because like I said earlier they want to preach that they want to preach every day coming to the ballpark and having a positive attitude and and uh, making things happen so. It's a good, positive attitude, and uh, it's a great attitude these young kids are having each and every day with the help of guys like Mark McGuire and Alan Zinter and Darren Balsley. So, you know, guys, I see these guys each and every day, the coaching staff. They work tirelessly, and, and I mean, they're, you know, like right now where I'm at, uh, you know, almost 1130 uh, at noontime, there are guys, you know, getting ready to, to go to the ballpark to try to get uh, prepared not only for themselves but for the players. So uh, the attitude is great. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a different dynamic the last few years, but uh, you know you you forget about the past and you you forge forward, and uh, I think they're on the right path. 
Yeah, for sure. It's it's a good time to be a Padre fan. That is for sure. You know, it, you you talked about being an early morning wake up call in in uh, in uh, Washington right now. So you think uh, Don Orsillo's uh, sound asleep in his pillow right now, or what? What's that? You kind of went out on me there. <laughs> you think Don Orsillo's sound asleep right now in his pillow, or what? you should go knock on his door and wake and wake him up. Good morning. <laughs> what, what what I should do is I should order just like maybe a hundred dollars worth of room service and have him sent to his uh, door so uh, he can, it can be stuck on his bill when he checks out. Yeah, I don't know. He might appreciate that initially, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he needs to keep um, that boiler big. Yeah, you know, let's talk about the relationship with Don. I mean, it, it, we we talked about how this is going to be a long season, and it's been a long season. The two of you in the booth really keep fans in the game and really keep in, keep interest in the team. And you know, talk to me about the relationship that you guys have had. I've talked to you guys before the season started, and it, you know, it's great seeing you two grow and, and progress as uh, as um, friends and as uh, <laughs> as uh, partners in crime, if you will. Yeah. You know what? I first met Don back in, when interleague, uh, when the Red Sox played the Padres, and um, this was, gosh, in oh, oh four, oh three, maybe. And uh-huh. um, yeah, I met him very briefly, and then you know we played the Red Sox again. But then um, you know, as announcers, you know it's a small world, it's a small fraternity, so you get to know one another. And uh, you know, even Don said himself, and you know, you guys know my personality. You know, when, when mm-hmm. it's when it's time for baseball, it's time for baseball. You know, I want to try to help the fans understand what's going on. I want to teach something if I can. And, uh, you know, we talk strategy and stuff like that. But, it, you know, it, it is baseball and it's fun. So when warranted, uh, you know, Don's got a great personality. He's very good at his, his job. And, you know, it's just fun to, uh, to be around him and um, go to the ballpark each and every day. And, and talk baseball and have fun and talk about anything and everything. So, uh, yeah, in a season like this, you know, we want we want the focus to be on the field. We want the focus to be on the guys wearing the uniforms. And um, there's nothing better than calling winning baseball. You know, I was thinking back to, like, 1998 and, you know, the winning seasons in um, the later 2000s, um, early, you know, 2010 era um, and before that. But, you know, when, when the team's playing well, it makes our job easier. But still, you know, we're having fun going to the ballpark, learning about these guys, and and uh, just having fun talking ball. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, good to see how y- your guys' relationship has developed. Um, it, it's obviously great listening to games because you guys just have so much fun and you impart so much knowledge on uh, on us fans. Um, I wanted to have uh, talk about one one more big thing, but before we uh, head out of here. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Corey Spangenberg and Ryan Shimp and uh, kind of how you see playing time shaking out with those two guys, uh, uh, where, where that's headed. Well, I think a lot of it has to do um, with matchups and the type of hitters that they are. I mean, Ryan Schimpf, you know, with the year he's having, it's uh, kind of been an all-or-nothing year. Uh, Corey Spangenberg, the one thing that sticks out for me is that I'm glad that he's just healthy. You know, watching him run the bases, um, he's very, very – very, very quick on the base pass. He can do a lot. You know, we saw last night trying to bunt, um, you know, moving the defense. And then, you know, if, if Corey can, uh, you know, cut down on the strikeouts and then use the whole field, uh, he's that type of player. A uh, good athlete, too. So, you know, he can play second and third. But, and, and even in left field, um, once again, you know, it's he's a good enough athlete to we can try to make adjustments to play left field and be effective there. So, and Ryan Schimpf, you know, if he's going to be uh, starting, um, you know, he's not going to win a gold glove, but, uh, he's going to, you know, you know, make plays at third and, uh, you know, keep you in the ball game. And that when he's not playing, he's that one guy on the bench that hopefully he can come and, you know, 
pop one out of the ballpark to make a difference, uh, whether you're down by a run or two if there's a runner's on. So kind of, you know, totally different types of swings, uh, totally different types of players. So, um, you know, working hard to try to get in that lineup. But if not, you know, you got to worry about coming off the bench and coming up with a big hit. So uh, I think each of those guys are playing those types of roles. Yeah, yeah no, it's I'm, you, you made the great point about Spangenberg and, and his wheels. I mean, it, it's all about his wheels and, and getting his legs healthy, and it's nice to see him actually have the potential to grind away and see what, what he's capable of doing in a, in a major league season. Um, my last question for you, Mark, or last uh, you know comment, uh, has to do with the alumni division and uh, Randy Jones uh, being awarded the uh, new head of the alumni division. Uh, obviously, you're an alumni. Uh, you've dealt with a lot of alumni in your past of the Padres. Uh, that's something that's kind of been. I've kind of wondered what's going on with that for a while. Uh, a, you you're kind of uh, going in and out there, but regarding Randy Jones, yeah, around about the alumni division, uh, about him being oh, appointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, that's something that's that's kind of been dear to, to my heart. I've been kind of waiting for the team to kind of embrace the alumni and, and kind of you know, get you guys in. Uh, talk to me about that and, and what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, you know what? I'm a firm believer of, um, you know, the tradition and um, having the fans get involved a little bit as far as the tradition because, you know, there's a lot of Padre fans out there who, you know, were with this team even before they were a big league team. And uh, to have that tradition is great to have a guy like Randy Jones in charge and uh, kind of leading the, uh, the charge to uh, to have that come about. Um I've played with other teams that have had greater traditions as far as length, you know, like the Giants, you go way back and the Braves and, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I, there's been players and, um, you know, in the great city of San Diego and, uh, the, the, the great fans that they've had that it would be great to have an alumni division, uh, start up and, and, uh, each and every year, you know, talk about the players, get to know the players, get to know the, the, uh, the players who have played there before. And, but I, I'm a firm believer of, that the alumni goes a long way to uh, help preserve and um, have people learn more about the organization. And I think the more and more we can do that to bring old players back, because people dig that. I mean, I dig it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. anytime I, I, I see a guy who wore the Padre uniform, uh, even if I've never met him before, it's kind of cool to meet you know a guy like that. And um, I think uh, the Padres are doing a great job. And when they uh, have Randy Jones lead lead it, um, I, I couldn't think of a better player. We all love RJ. We all love the left-hander. Yeah, definitely. And it's something that the, the team needs to embrace and, and something that uh, the fans demand. And, and it, you know, you bring an interesting uh, aspect yourself. You know, other players are would be fascinated to meet other Padres from different generations. It's, it's, a, it's a win-win scenario. And, and slowly they're beginning to do it, and it's something that's kind of taken a while. I mean, the Padres' history isn't great, but it is what it is, and, and you know, people want to learn about it. People want to see about it. A lot of young fans need to be educated on, 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 the, on the past of this team. Yeah, see, that's the cool thing about it. Even though the Padres have been around only since 1969, you talk to different generations, and everybody's got a story, and everybody's got a favorite player. It might not be, you know, I know Tony Gwynn was a lot of players, or a lot of people's favorite players, but, you know, there are there are people out there who uh, have other players who are their favorite players, and it's always nice to learn more about that. And, and I'll be quite honest with you, there might be a player that some some gentleman knows that he watched back in 1973 that I might not know a lot about, but it's really, really cool to, to find out when you, you meet that fan and he's got a favorite story about that player and you just learn more knowledge about the Padres organization. And I think that's what makes it uh, the alumni association so special. 
Definitely. I mean, the the baseball game. You guys are a fraternity, and you know it's it's nice to to talk to other people and and, and kind of pick their brains as well. You know, Mark. Uh, you know, we we, we really want to thank you. Thank you for coming on today, uh, and you know, appreciate you exercising that golden voice this morning. Uh, <laughs> it uh, you know it, it's fantastic for you to come on and join and join the show, and we really appreciate it. And I, I know all it's right, been Patrick a hectic, and hectic James, morning thank, for you. Thank you so much. Good seeing you guys as always. Thank you. Have a great one, man. All right, you guys. Be well. So there you go, folks. Uh, Mark Grant joining us from the road on episode 38 of the East Village Times podcast. Um, can't get any better than that, uh, especially coming off of the uh, Nelson Lamette start last night. It's nice to hear uh, what Mud had to say. Yeah, he had a really late night, but he uh, still has it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Even on little sleep. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he's ordering that room service right now for Don Orsillo. Oh, yeah, he's got to order him just a bunch of food for lunch. <laughs> okay, uh, you know it, it's uh, it's an exciting time here in 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 Padreville. It, it really is. I know a lot of people want to focus on on the the record of the team and the fact that they're not producing at the major league level. But I, I keep wanting to remind people that the minor league team is flourishing. The minor league players are flourishing, and you, you need to focus on that. And you need to kind of just realize what's going on in uh, in the major league uh, team and what they're trying to build. Yeah, the minor leagues are doing well. I mean, give me a follow on Twitter, PatrickBrew93. I'm posting uh, yeah. minor league stats every day, keeping track of all the uh, top 30 prospects. Um, yeah, they're really doing well. I mean, there's a lot of guys just, just exceeding expectations, and uh, it really it really gives you a, a good look at what the future could be. I know it's it's hard to to look at hashtag the future, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely something to to, to continue to watch for. For sure, for sure. The June draft is coming up in a couple of weeks. There's definitely excitement in the air if you're a Padre fan. You just kind of, you kind of got to look for it, but it is there. Uh, okay, episode 38 is in the books. Uh, Patrick, you want to take us out? I think we're good to go. Yeah, give us a, a follow. Uh, James is on uh, Twitter at EVT underscore news, uh, EVT underscore J Clark. Um, those are both hit, both his Twitters. Uh, he tweets a lot. Just a, a disclaimer. Um, uh, we're yeah. on. <laughs> we're hosted on Podbean. We're also on uh, iTunes. I, we had a little problem with our iTunes connection, but I got that back up. Uh, updated our image, new logo. Um, we're also on Stitcher. Any other place you find your podcast. I, I personally like Podcast Republic. Just a little shout out. Um, that's the one I use, so I recommend that for anyone looking for a, a good podcast app on, on Android. I believe it's on Apple as well. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, great seeing uh, Lamette pitch well last night, and uh, looking forward to seeing how the team uh, fares this weekend against uh, a really good Nationals team. Yeah, I did. Uh, it might be a rough weekend, uh, but we will be back next week uh, with a couple shows and uh, East Village Times podcast. Signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.